Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. I have someone on um, that I do not know. Um, I actually saw some tweets um, about a talk they did at all tech is human, and I immediately reached out to Dr. Courtney Cogburn to come on the show and talk about what she was disrupting um, that audience with. So, Dr. Cogburn, could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, I'm Dr. Courtney Cogburn. I'm a, a associate professor at the Columbia University School of uh, Social Work. Um, we always start with two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? Um, I think it's important to cause a scene because it suggests that you're awake and paying attention um, and that there's um, meaning to your voice and presence in the world. Um, so are you paying attention? Do you see any of the problems before our eyes? And do you find value in yourself enough to do something about it? And so I think inherently that intersection results in causing, uh, causing a scene. Um, how am I causing a scene? Um, you know, I'm a little bit, um, irreverent in, in general. Um, I, I do what I want to do. Um, and, so, <laughs> and, um, that's not common for a tenure track professor at, you know, an elite, white institution. Mm -hmm. um, but it's absolutely the way that I approach my work. Um, a phrase I've been using more and more lately that um, I like because I got it from Game of Thrones. There's, there's a line, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but there's a line where one of the characters says, we don't have time for this, right? That the world is ending and we need to make some choices and some decisions. And so I use it a lot lately because we don't have time for pontificating and dancing around issues um, or really even selfishly focusing only on our own careers and whether we get tenure or not, or whether we get promoted or not. And while those things are important, I think what we're doing for the world and for people and communities around us and how we're leaving the world, given these really like existential pressing issues um, is, is part of what's important to me. So um for me specifically, that focuses on on issues of of racism and the various spaces in which racism shows up, which is every space. All right. So, um, can you tell us? Let's just start where I started. What was your talk um, at All Tech Is Human about? So, in that talk, uh, it was a lightning talk. I had five minutes to make a point. And wow, okay, yeah. so, oh wow, yeah. and I'm a fan, like just say we don't have time for this, just yes, say it, exactly. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so my talk was about being anti racist in tech. Um, and part of what I argued in that talk is, um, often people, particularly white liberals, get very consumed with whether they are racist or not. And you know, and I kind of make this argument like if I were handing out stickers that said not racist, what would that do for anybody else other than you? Mm -hmm. Like, well, that, that's narcissistic. That's about you. That's not about what are you doing for the world. Mm -hmm. And one, first of all, you probably are. Mm -hmm. Second, you know, so the sticker wouldn't actually be accurate. And second, that's not the same thing as acting and engaging issues of racism and doing something about it. And so making this um, argument that more people need to be engaged. And racism is not a problem that Black people should be taking on, or other people of color should be taking on. Racism is fundamentally grounded in whiteness and thus becomes a white responsibility. Um, and people should be accountable, right, for their role and how they benefit from these systems, how they contribute to these systems. They should be thinking more actively about what they should be doing about it. And it's not something that should just be regulated over to the people of color over here. Um, and then I think another uh, piece is that is getting people to apply this anti-racist analysis to what it is that they're doing. 
Um, So I and others would make the argument that racism is so pervasive in our society, so kind of fundamental to our country, that if it's not anti-racist, it's probably racist. So the default is probably racist. The default is probably going to disadvantage Black and brown people if you aren't actively considering how to not disadvantage Black and brown people. Um, And so uh, in my five minutes, that is the, the point I was making, that your individual designation as racist or not is actually not that important and critical. What's more important is what are you doing um, for the public good? What are your services, your acts, your behaviors? Um, and that this lens of anti-racism really needs to be a part of everything that you do and that it applies to everyone. This is interesting. Um, so I just, uh, on a number of reasons. Well, first of all, I'm just going to say in this community, there is no probably. There is definitely. There is two. There's a, the, the, the default is it's racist or it's anti-racist. I don't even get into the probably. The probably, because, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that leaves the gate open for people to try to have conversations and debates, mm-hmm. and I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not. That's how they wear <laughs> us down, and they want to have the edge Trying cases. To prove stuff. Oh, girl, they come out with all kinds of bullshit. And I'm just like, yeah, no. No, in my classroom, it's either yeah, act, yes, or no. And I say my boundaries are all whiteness is racist by design, can't be mm-hmm. trusted by default unless it's consistently demonstrating anti-racist behavior. So if you got a problem with that, then you at least know up front where I'm coming from. Where I'm coming from, yeah. And yeah. and something else you hit on that I is the individual versus community. It was interesting. I had a conversation. I was being interviewed today, and one of the interviewers asked me. Um, at the end, they had asked me a question um, in my DMs and I didn't answer for whatever reasons, but they asked me, um, this is a white individual, and they were saying, do you, Kim, ever get, I keep, they, the white person, gets people saying, um, you don't, basically, you are not good at coalition building. It's all about you. You're doing this work, this advocacy work, and you're not, you know. They're saying you're not good at no, it. No, 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 no. Them themselves. They okay. Saying, that's mm-hmm. the, but people are telling them. The I People see. are telling uh-huh. this white person this stuff. You're not. They're not you're good not, at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, sh- and they asked, um, are you, do you ever get that? And I was like, um, I was kind of befuddled. No, I'm a black woman. Um, we have learned that the individual is not going to get us there. We have, it has to be community work. It has, but that's, fundamental to whiteness though because whiteness is always um individual where everybody else is a group that's one thing but also whiteness has been told that it's individual efforts got it where it is and so this is a lot of the pushback we get with the anti-racist work or 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 just Mm -hmm. plain um hell um, talking about our lived experiences are so much different from whiteness is because they don't understand that They've never whiteness has never been ident- um, evaluated in such that these individuals believe that their one plus one equals two when they don't understand that their one plus one is rooted in white supremacy, is rooted in systems that benefit them, is rooted in all these other things. So no, your one plus one does not equal two. Your one plus one actually equals fifty. And I think that's uh, and I think that's right. That's the the beauty in quotes, uh, whiteness, is that it, it, it um, avoids groups. It avoids being grouped. It exists as invisibly often um, until they're in the presence of non-whiteness, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother discussion, mm-hmm. um, and gets treated at, and is the nature of white supremacy, is that it gets treated as the default, the norm, the baseline. And so why would I think about myself as a collective or connected to a group or have some responsibility? I'm not grouped. I just get to be a person. Mm -hmm. Whereas the rest of us are very actively, consciously, visibly grouped Mm -hmm. in ways that, that force us to be aware of the other people who look like us. And we are targeted as a group. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas whiteness is not targeted Mm -hmm. as a group. Mm -hmm. Um, It exists invisibly. And so just that nature and function of whiteness sort of changes people's, association with it, which is part of why it can be so difficult to get white people 
to see whiteness mm-hmm. and see themselves as white mm-hmm. as a meaningful designation because it exists invisibly. Yeah, um, and that's that's the very reason if there is a blackness, then for me there's a subsequent whiteness, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna juxtapose those. Um, you don't ask me what kind of black I am. I'm not gonna ask you what kind of white you are. It is just white. Now, if you have a problem with that, that's fine. But this is how we're rolling because we need to get some kind of <laughs> where we where we where there's some kind of it's not even going to be even playing field, but it's I'm using language that I can in- include the thing so we can make some comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's quite interesting to have these conversations because it also speaks to when you talked about the group and you're saying that, oh, I need, I, am I, is, am I anti-racist? It's the same language of people. I'm an ally. And, and, and you, it's like, you? it's like, <laughs> L, you don't get to claim allyhood. What is ship? What is this? This is That's like calling yourself cool. You don't get to call yourself. Oh cool. my God. Well, I'm sure many of them think they're cool. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's like, I think about people and, and I did not, it's, oh my, it's like such an awakening once you start diving into this because everyone, we're talking tech here, all the great tech leaders quotes are white. And we have studied their stories of how they started and how they we struggled. You know, yeah, yeah, they've been in garages and they've done this and they've done that. <laughs> and then, and it's always about that individual. You look at, you can look at Thomas, um, Thomas Edison. You can look at Henry Ford. You can look at Elon Musk. You can look at all um, um, Jobs. Everybody is. A, they've pulled. I mean, they've just you know persevered through these long hours and they've just and I look now when you really dig into the history of what they had their one plus one equals 50 it's like yeah no if I had your resources and networks I think I'd be a little further than you I just by the the, the how we've had to how we and yeah just for us to be in the room we had to, <laughs> what we've had to do to and to that. talk about that explicitly is being grounded in whiteness not class, right? So our tendency when we talk about racism is again, making it a problem of blackness and brownness. And we spend a lot of time talking about, um, and this is this is a white liberal uh, approach as well, right? We focus a lot, oh, that feels so bad. This is so terrible that this has happened to you. I'm so self-talking. <laughs> One of the things I say is, I don't, I don't need you to like me. I need you to hate racism. Ah, thank you. Shift oh your my whole God. We don't need you don't friends. like me anyway. So you don't like can me we, anyway. Can we, can we make you? Let's just move on. <laughs> I don't need you to like me. We yeah. don't have to hang out. But I need Girl. you to focus. I need you to focus. Girl, <laughs> Girl who are you telling? Because I'm like, okay, this is my classroom up in here. I'm the teacher. I draw hard boundaries. You the student. You ain't got to like it. You know, but these are rules that I have to do as a, to keep the community of my class safe. Um, and so you can hate me. I had students who hated me, but you need to graduate. So I need you to do what you need to do. And the way, I mean, the way, like I've started one class, like I have a class I teach in the fall. That's like a first semester course. And I'm a little bit easier in terms of easing them in into oh, this. The babies. That, I know the babies. The second semester, I start <laughs> with a slide that says, these things are accepted as truth, in fact, in this class. Thank you. If you cannot agree with this, take somebody else's class because I'm not explaining this. I'm not going back to make have this make sense for you. We are moving on. So yes. if you can't agree, take somebody else's class. And, and I would think it would be... As a student, I would appreciate that because at least I know where the lines are. Right. You know, it's not right. like getting middle of the semester and you come, something pops up pop, and clear. you're like, where did that come from? Oh, yeah. I, I also tell my students because, you know, we run into this pattern where, you know, people will be upset or uncomfortable and they kind of go off in their little groups and little corners whispering, talking and other, you know. So I, I put a slide up one day. I was like, say it with your chest. Bring it in here. Don't be whispering in corners. Come in here and say it. Oh I say it with your chest. Say it in here. Don't go <laughs> whispering in corners. Mm-hmm. I expect you to be articulate and educated. You don't have mm-hmm. to agree with me, but I expect you to know why you believe what you believe. And, and I expect some you to bullshit be about articulate about it. And it's not your gut instincts or your feelings or this or awesome family. Beliefs that uh, you this is up. child. If your feelings come in. I need you to get therapy because I'm no longer responsible for white. I'm no. It's longer not about that. So I expect you to have an opinion. I expect yes. you to be able to launch an argument why you think this doesn't matter or why you don't think this is the mm-hmm. factor that's at play. And have Twitter that make sense count. for me. And Twitter <laughs> don't count. Say it in class. Say it with your chest to my face. 
yes. into your peers' face, yes. right? Right. And but otherwise, it's sort of back, this back corner stuff, you know, doesn't really really work. So the right? so the the analogies of that is the Twitter handles with the anonymous. Um, oh, they get images. blocked immediately. Oh, yeah, you God. can't follow me. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And also, the blo- um, I block also, I stop, I soft block the people who come in with private accounts. Oh, no, I need to be able to see what the fuck you talking about back there. Right, what I you saying? Be- uh-uh. Yeah, you ain't gonna be exactly saying with your chest. Don't be saying <laughs> shit and, and talking about screenshot my shit and be talking about me behind my back. <laughs> oh, my. That is just so... Ugh. The nature of, of of whiteness, and it and it does this, and this is what gets us gets black folks caught off guard, uh, because I tell people in a minute, I got five white folks that I consider they my friends, and I still know they're dangerous, and they know that they're dangerous, that they can hurt at me at any, that at any moment they can center whiteness and cause me pain yeah. and mm-hmm. harm, and I and, and I need to keep articulating that to them. So as you said, so they are actively yeah. doing the work. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to get comfortable in our friendship thinking, yeah, you get no, okay. yeah. me and Dr. Courtney read, um, thing ain't the same. There's, we got some history okay. here. I knew what she said, but so I, I ain't got to explain shit to you. I ain't got to Instructional video. And that's what I love about Toni Morrison. I, she's like, I'm not writing for the white gays. Uh-uh. I, I ain't doing it for the you white You know gays. what? That's a good, that's something that comes up for me in my work because it's something that's been a tension, an ongoing tension for me. So for the first part of my career, and Toni Morrison has been at the center of this for me. So at the beginning of my career, I studied Black people. I focused on Black people, helping take care of Black people, how the Black people thrive. And that's what I was focused on. And increasingly reached this point where I wanted to hold whiteness accountable for its role and their role in my need to try and thrive and overcome. So that requires me to think about white people, right? That requires me to think about whiteness in a way Mm -hmm. that has produced attention for me. So in the virtual reality piece that um, my team and I created that I was presenting on at this, this tech for all event, Mm -hmm. um, directly targets white liberals and engages white liberals. But that's, that requires me to center a white gaze. It requires me to engage whiteness in a way that's just mm-hmm. an ongoing tension about how I'm using my time, my resources, my energy, talking and thinking about white people. Well, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm tell you, sister, to do this, you have to have a, can't, a intention without mm-hmm. strategy is chaos. You have to have a strategy behind it. Because oh, I, I absolutely too, do. Uh, yeah. well, I, knew, I, I, knew, I knew early on that me holding I couldn't hold space for my own trauma and black folks trauma I can't I don't have time for I don't have the energy for that so I knew early on when I started going down this rabbit hole that it's unfortunate but true that the power the power dynamics of changes with whiteness so um I was going to treat it like a classroom and this is going to be this is who my target audience is is whiteness and yet I'm very clear that Yes, there's a white gaze, but it's not. In, it, you ain't gonna like this. What I'm doing with this white gaze, um, it's gonna call. It's gonna cause you a lot of pain. You don't. You don't like, like this prescription. You ain't gonna be able to take that. <laughs> a little bit of medicine, a little bit of honey, ain't gonna make this medicine go down easy at all. Because what yeah. this requires mm-hmm. is not only because I've seen that whiteness. Because I used to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I've seen that whiteness can take a lot of discomfort before they move. So I need you to be in pain. So I'm going to do some things mm-hmm. and say some things that I'm going to cause you to really uproot a really, I want to, I want to, 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 what they, this, this, it's the psyche. I want to break. <laughs> I really want to break your psyche. I really want to break that. I mean, I need to take a sledgehammer to all you think you, you are and who you and how you function and, and the fact that mm-hmm. you take no responsibility for anything. It's just bestowed on you. I need you to start questioning everything because you know why? Everybody else does on a daily moment by moment basis. Daily basis. I, and I, I bring this up and I'm going to keep bringing this up. How much energy it takes a black woman to write an email to a white person is ridiculous. Because we got to say all we need to say up front. Then we got to take out all this other shit. We got to cold switch it so it don't hurt mm-hmm. your feelings. But you still going to get your feelings hurt. And now, now we ain't talking about what's in the damn email. Now everybody want to talk about why Becky and John's feelings hurt. So no, I want you to put mm-hmm. in that much effort that I had to do 
to to get to to get through my matriculation, me building a business, all that shit that I had to do to get there. I need you to be doing that same thing. And I think, you know, black women are the perfect group to consider for this because of our intersections of race and gender, how actively self-aware we have to be. To, to function, oh let alone survive, right? Like, let but, alone, th- I mean, you said the, function, the, survive, thrive. Thrive. Yes. Oh, thrive. Oh, okay. <laughs> we try, we aiming for that. I'm just trying to, you know. Fuck so, you, yes, I'm aiming for thrive. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to thrive. Okay, I'm out here trying to thrive. Yeah. But if you're like, the things we have to calculate and consider yes. for that to yes. even be a possibility, yes. the mental- not just of ourselves. I have to calculate, how do you see me? What are you processing about me? What do I see in you? What's the intersection between those two things? What does it mean for me to be here in relation to this other body that's in the room? And how does that change the chemistry? Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, Lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag cause a scene dot com. Other body that's in the room and how did that change the chemistry? Calculate. I, I, I don't want you to say nothing because you're just talking about the moment. Then we have to calculate if I do this, will this stop me from getting a raise next year? Will it stop me from the promotion track? That, that? So we're doing, we, y'all playing checkers. We're playing three dimensional chess because I'm thinking 10 years down the line, particularly mm-hmm. someone like you who are on a tenure track. Mm-hmm. You got to be doing all those kind of calculations and, and they just want to say, oh, my feelings hurt. Fuck yeah. your feelings. Fuck your feelings. Now here be your feelings. So I, we have a, t- a shirt, a T-shirt in the hashtag called the Scene Community that says "Fuck Civility," and 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 I say this, and they know it because civility is optional for whiteness, but it's the expected behavior of everyone else because it allows white supremacy to ingrain in us internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness so that we manage our own behavior, and we're doing those calculations. You. You're talking, yes, all for your comfort. For whiteness is comfort all day long. I'm I'm done with it. I'm so over it. I'm so done. Um, I had this. There was this quote, quote unquote altercation back in October. It, this shit lasted about a, a month. I wasn't even initiator of it, um, but I just got um, targeted, which is fine because I said I wanted more power and influence, and that's what the fuck they give. They think <laughs> see this. They, this is nothing. I, like you said, you have a strategy. Whiteness is underestimated so so often. That they, 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 girl, they look up and we ahead, and they like, what the fuck? Where that? Where, where that nigga come from? I'm like, Ooh. don't worry about it. exactly, exactly. Don't Duncan worry about it. Yeah, that, that, that's how Amorosa me. got into the Situation Room with audio and video <laughs> equipment. God damn it! You can say what you want to about that black that she black woman. She wouldn't have been in there, but her ass had receipts because you underestimated her. You didn't see her as a threat, and and black women document every goddamn thing. So that was on y'all. So some stuff was happening it was going on and everything and i'm like and so i'm just so so a dude asked kim and friends bitch we ain't friends girl i and i i stopped doing tweets in all caps because i was told about people with dyslexia have issues with that but on this tweet oh we was going all caps and i used fuck i don't know how many times fuck you fuck you we ain't friends fuck you leave me alone blah 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 and it was so funny because that was what the white liberals the progressives hung on. Not the fact of what the conversation Why was you going upset? on. Yes! Nobody wants to talk about that. Oh, no. Nobody wants to talk about that. And this is where I go. If, 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 the, if someone thinks the response should be a two, I'm going for a 20. Mm-hmm. I'm going for, I'm intentionally going for a 20 because what mm-hmm. I need whiteness to see we ain't having the same lived experience. Mm-mm. And I need you to be as uncomfortable about this. And aware of it. Yes. Yeah, I will screenshot people coming to my DMs with some bullshit. Mm-mm, nope, we ain't taking it like you said. Say it with your chest. Don't come in my DMs for, with no... Pro- we had a public conversation. Don't come in my DMs with no private bullshit with that white 
trying to, because that's now you trying to use my label, use my emotion. Nah, we ain't doing that. We're going to move this shit right on out here. And I'm going to embarrass the hell out of you as I move this out here. Yeah. So you won't do that again. And it's a lesson for everybody else. Don't fuck with her if she's talking about shit in public. That, that just don't make no sense. And, you know, I think collectively we all are giving fewer fucks in general. Right? And so, like, mm. it, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Because this sort of, you know, the code switching, the adjusting, that so many of us are like, not doing that. It's not, y'all not going to kill me. Right? Thank <laughs> you. Making Thank these you. calculations <laughs> of these adjustments. And I'm exhausted I'm, having I, heart attacks at 40 so, and shit. Exactly. Like, and I study stress and health, right? In addition to doing tech work, like, y'all not going to kill me. So I was, I was, and I had a very similar, in this meeting, got into it with someone very senior to me in this meeting. And I, you know, was, a, they probably expected a two and I was a 20. And they were so confused, so confused. And I ended up leaving the meeting, like kind of storming yeah. out, packed up my stuff yeah. and started leaving. It was like, and I'm done with you, so-and-so, <laughs> as, I, as I left the meeting, right? Yeah. So this, for them, that's 20, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all don't even know what 20 is. First of all, you, you ain't, first of all, <laughs> You you not backing down? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I'm like, this is a five. Y'all yeah. think it's a 20? Yeah. It's actually a five. Yeah. But there was another Black woman who wasn't directly involved, who uh, I adore, but was so gracious in her ability to kind of unpack what was happening. Mm-hmm. And every then we went around at the end, because I came back to the meeting, mm-hmm. and we went around to the end and people were saying what they were their last thoughts about the meeting. Mm-hmm. Everyone pointed to her mm-hmm. as being grateful for her. Yes. And I said, y'all are most comfortable with grace. And I was like, you don't get it. You didn't get it from me today. You're not going to get it from her every time. And it's what you're most comfortable with. And everybody wanted to focus on my being upset mm-hmm. instead of what I actually said. Mm-hmm. I want to note that we still haven't talked about exactly. what I actually said. And what How much energy we use going back and forth and we still ain't dealt with the damn but problem. But the thing you're so grateful for was this Black woman who was being gracious with you. And I'm like, you get grace from me 90% of the time. And you didn't get that today. And you have to unpack why and what sacrifices I make, what sacrifices she's making to maintain grace in this moment. Child, so this happens a lot on Twitter. So it's so funny. So I'll say, because I rarely speak directly to these individuals because you, you're you just, again, I, this is a classroom. You're part of the lesson plan. I don't speak to the lesson plan. It don't make no damn sense. So I comment, retweet. So the community knows, hey, we're about to engage here. There's a lesson about to come on. And so somebody, they'll get so pissed at me. And then some white person will come in and, and they will, um, and they'll say something and they're like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the white person would, would um, say, you're welcome. I go straight to their ass first. Why are you, you welcoming them? You just said what the fuck I just said. I need you to watch that because what you're doing is setting up that you're the expert. So that's mm-hmm. one incident, one way. And they're like, damn, I did it. You know, Donna. Another way is I will, we will, I will be engaged with this individual in their DMs. Say this now. Now say that. Now say this. And they just like, I'm like, they are parroting exactly what the hell I'm telling them. Mm-hmm. And you giving them all. And so it helps. It helps me teach whiteness what this is, what this is. Because you're yeah. going to actively participate. I'm going to make you actively participate in this. There is no, all this voyeurism and paras- parasitic behavior y'all have. But just why, some of listen to black women vote like black women. Stop being parasites. You don't give us shit. No, you need yeah. to actively participate in all of this, you need to be beyond uncomfortable because I used to say this, I used to call them power allies. Power ally is someone who is willing to make themselves uncomfortable so I can be comfortable. If you ain't willing to do that, I have absolutely no use for you. And the motivation is finding how to not be uncomfortable, right? So in moments where you experience discomfort, I'm thinking of a white liberal in particular, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're in a situation where you experience discomfort. Your goal is to not be uncomfortable. So you figure out what you need to say and do and how you need to be in order to be as comfortable as possible in that situation. So if that means not saying that thing Mm -hmm. again, not going to say that, clearly Mm -hmm. that's the wrong thing. That Mm -hmm. produced discomfort for me. If I need to say vote for black women, mm. support black women. Yep. That's the thing that creates comfort and, for and me. And then we get what we got at 45 because y'all go in the booth. Because you haven't actually done the work. You haven't actually done the work. You haven't stayed in sustained exactly. discomfort. Exactly. You figured out behaviors that mm-hmm. make you feel comfortable. And this is where I have a problem with Robin D'Angelo's um, Right Fragility. It's mm-hmm. a great kindergarten book. <laughs> it's a great book to get white folks with some language. 
<laughs> too many of you think that's the be all and in all. If you're not doing work that's made written by black women, you ain't doing the real work. Well, this is the thing, right? This is where, and this is this is part of the motivation for our virtual reality project, which is too many of you have a disconnect between what you think your beliefs are and your behavior, mm. right? And Ooh. you're you're more invested in the symbolism of your beliefs and think that's behavior, and it is not. And so, Ooh, okay, that's say say that again because that that's it, that's it right there. Say there's that. a disconnect between beliefs and behavior, mm-hmm. right? And and there's an investment in the symbolism of one's beliefs, and translating that as if it represents behavior when it doesn't. So and that's why intention to them is so more important than so impact. much more important, right? So you know, so when you start unpacking that and you try you make that visible, psychologically, our tendency is to, is to want to reconcile that. Either you change your beliefs or you change your behavior. Mm -hmm. But sitting in a place where it's very clear that you're not doing what you say you believe. Mm -hmm. To me, I think this is this is a key bridge. Mm. Um, uh, One, to make that disconnect visible and then figure out how to make that that bridge. Um, And that's where I think the language of anti-racism is so important because that is behavior. That is action. That is not a belief. Mm -hmm. That is not a sticker. Mm -hmm. That is not a symbol. Mm -hmm. That is action. And this is what I find. And so I'll have people in the community, if I, you know, they've learned something or they've heard something on the podcast or this, they're like, Cam, can I say this? I'm like, if you don't sit up there and and tell your white person what you done learned from this thing so that they understand from this white perspective, I did this thing. Like, I don't know when this is going to air, but I have... Um, so when the community actually wrote, I did this racist thing and Kim called me out on it. And this mm-hmm. is what I said. This is what she said. And this is what I learned. This yeah. is what this is the it's work. Critical. That, uh, this is the work you need to be doing. And this is why I, I tell folks, if you. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it's so it's so funny that my work has has shifted in this because I I'm not a di- inclusion and diversity specialist. I'm a business strategist. And it's just like. But like you said, every rock you turn over, there's racism. It's like it's everywhere. everywhere. And so the book that I'll be working on next year is Redefining Capitalism Without White Supremacy, The Economics of Being Anti-Racist. And that is because people want to talk about, oh, capitalism's evil. We need socialism. We did all capitalism, um, socialism, uh, Marxism, communism. Fascism, any other isms mm-hmm. are only theories and all are rooted in white supremacy. So mm-hmm. until we redefine what, how we're going to do this, nothing changes. So you can swap out capitalism all you want to um, because Canada, England, they have a, a, a somewhat socialist kinds of their capitalist countries, but they have socialist tendencies with the, the health care yep. and everything. And it's still rooted in white supremacy. Yeah. So until you can show me where there there isn't, it all is trash. Communism is rooted in white supremacy. Fascism was rooted in white supremacy. It is all rooted in a place of putting whiteness above everything. And we've imported, exported that shit all over the world. And we've spent we've spent so much time trying to prove that racism exists that we haven't any of us had enough time to really process who do we actually want to be and how do we actually yes. get there? And I think that that's grounded in, in the point that you're making that throwing capitalism out the window. Have we actually had a, have we had a sit down and thought that through in terms yes. of whether that's the right move and whether that's actually, have we really grappled with? And that's what and you're speaking on. That's the thing. It's like, again, it goes back to what you just said though, that saying, if I'm saying capitalism is racist, Oh, let's throw that out the window because that, that'll make me comfortable because doing the work of examining, could it be anti-racist? I can't do that because that's, that's, that's going to cause me tension and, and upset. And so we're going to just throw that thing out and, and try the next thing. And we're going to keep throwing shit out <laughs> um, because oh, we don't right. want to do the work. That non-racist systems and structures are even possible, right? Maybe yes. it's not. Yes. So now what do we do? Yes. Now what? Yes, exactly. But we haven't, I, and I'm not pretending I have answers about that. I'm saying none of us. That's my whole least, point. I'm, to me, it's a, it's a hypothesis. My, we haven't had time. It's a, we haven't, let's sit down and think about it. a hypothesis. It. So I want mm-hmm. to examine that. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, I know we're, we're reading as a community, um, Abram Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist, and he talks about, anti-racist, anti-capitalism. And my question is, what about an anti-racist capitalism? We haven't examined that. Let's think that through. Yeah, let's think that through. 
And we really, we have to get to a point, and this is what's so frustrating, I'm sure for you as a teacher as well, where we keep having the kindergarten conversation, right? Well, no, 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 no. It's not frustrating for me because I don't have them anymore. You don't do it. Uh-uh. You know, done. that's what the white folks in my community is for. You take your folks. And go have that kindergarten conversation. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on a doctorate level. If you can't have a conversation with me, I'm not, I can see, and it's so funny because I can see it in the first, first two two or three tweets that you saw, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, mm -mm, I'm not doing this. I actually created a a podcast episode about how to engage as an anti-racist. How do I identify who to, how how do I identify the persona? Is this a segregationist? Is this a uh, assimilationist? Or is this an anti-racist? And based on each one of those, like I'm not engaged with a um, segregationist. They don't believe I have inherent value. Why am I going to have a conversation? Why am I having to people like, people tell me like, why don't you engage the far right? Why? Why? I'm putting myself why don't in you, why, don't, why don't you work with the police? Why would right. I do that? Exactly. So <laughs> is I'm it gonna, important? Yes, somebody should do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's somebody else's work. <laughs> I'm not here to convince or com- uh, convert. So uh, then I need to say, oh, are there assimilationists? And then I have a way of engaging them in a way that makes sense for me. So that, again, attention without strategy is, con- uh, is chaos. So that we ain't not getting into chaos because I'm not going to be going back and forth. I'm not going to be. So I have very clear definition. I start everything with definition. Okay, these are the definitions we're going to use. You ain't got to agree with them, but this is what we're using in this community. So if you have a problem with that, like you said, then you can go to another Twitter free. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Um, and so one of the things that I am starting is called the Alliance, the anti-racist tech agenda, because it's hard for me to get my hands around mm-hmm. the community on public platforms. We need to be have a safe, closed environment to have these conversations so Absolutely. that we can so we can develop strategies for how to engage in the public because we're trying to trying to do that on Twitter when every time Dick and Harry can come and disrupt and then they go, they go off like chasing the ball. It's like, no, get your ass back here. Why are you, right. why are you mm-hmm. talking to them? We're doing something here. You know, um, Maria Rodriguez, she is at, I want to say CUNY. And I was having a conversation with her in, in a group and, and she was talking about right, the very deliberate strategy for what social media is good for and what it is not good for and how certain um, that, what, was, what does she say? The organization happens best offline, the communication and, and getting the movement going happens best on social media, but the planning, the strategy, yeah. et cetera. For many reasons. One, just in terms of dynamics and, and how that happens, how your data gets used and saved, you know, what, what should be public versus private, what should be clandestine versus And how do you keep folks safe? That how do you keep folks to, safe? Yeah. Right. And so I think, you know, there has to be an offline component um, to, to to really be effective um, in because, being clear um, the about. Right. And all these other folks, they have they've been like you said, this is new to us. But they've been gathering with their little meetings and coming up with their strategy. Because when somebody says some shit and you in a different part of the country in the world and you saying you touting the same goddamn language, y'all got a handbook somewhere. There is something going on and we don't have that. You, You hit it right on there. And even online. This is so new that we don't have. We're still developing the language for this. And it has to be done offline. So that's one of the things that I am, um, that I will be build. We will be building now. And I will be bringing on people like you as guest lecturers. Yeah. To talk about, yes, yeah. to, 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 to have yeah, some. I think that space is critical, right? Just where, you know, more spaces where we're having the real conversations and this, this tech component is, is critical for imagining black futures. And I mean, minimizing modern forms of black and racist oppression, but also for imagining black futures and what, who do we want to be? What kind of world do we want to live in? Um, and we have to create spaces to, to organize and, and have those meaningful conversations where we're not starting at, you know, elementary level. Every single time, mm-hmm. every single, I mean, it's, it's, again, you're an educator, you're in a system that has been around for, hundreds of, I mean, hundreds, if not thousand, a thousand years, you know, some kind of form of, you know, this whole um, academia thing. And there's a reason there's a hundred level classes and you don't put a hundred level folks in 400 and 500 level classes. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. And, mm-hmm. and um, that's why you scaffold. Um, and I can't, we can't continue to reinvent this wheel 
every single time, every conversation we have, we got to start from start. We never get anywhere. And that is the aim, even if white progressives and liberals don't want to talk about it, that's the aim of whiteness, though. That's the aim of white supremacy is to distract and deflate. Yeah. And it also, I mean, it kind of goes back to that point about the white gaze. It, it centers whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. Explaining basic shit. Mm-hmm. This is whiteness, right? This is why this, the the book, I already made a decision and communicated it clearly. If you have not heard people, the book club would never have a white author. I'm never, never. Y'all need to hear some hard truth for some people of color. Uh, I'm never. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we just, we don't, um, because we can, and I think this is something I'm still actively grappling with is that we can still process black pain and trauma and oppression without centering whiteness. We can also, we certainly can imagine black futures without mm-hmm. centering whiteness. Um, but I really, I really struggle with this idea. I wrote a paper with some colleagues of mine around in, uh, appropriated racial oppression. And mm. um, it aligns with this concept of internalized racism, but because it becomes much more problem, much broader. And so internalized racism kind of centers self-hate. Mm-hmm. And part of the way we talk about it and other talks to others talk about it in this space is, is there a version of blackness, particularly for people born and raised in the U.S. that gets processed without whiteness, that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be filtered through whiteness? Because even notions like black girl magic, I wouldn't have to say that if I did what for whiteness. Exactly. Right. So even if it's an act of self-love and embracing blackness and loving all that it is about that. Would I have to even actively do that and claim that in such a public way without whiteness? I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently, this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1 Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. without whiteness right so it's, it kind of expands so, this notion of yeah. it's so interesting that you talk about this because this is because i say i tell people i go to twitter for information to be informed i go from to ig instagram to be inspired inspired i yeah. find so many i follow so many black women of just different body shapes um jobs professions mm-hmm. and that's where i go to get my mental health because to do this work and this is why i don't people of color, particular black people are not my audience. I recognize and I want my the folks who follow me to understand I am educating the oppressor while trying to process my own oppression. And um, I don't have the patience. Yeah, figure out that dance. <laughs> and it takes a whole bunch of skills in being, I never thought I'd appreciate having classroom. I was a high school teacher and I was special needs certified. I never thought I'd appreciate that as much as I do right now dealing with these folks. Listen, and we have, you know, we have to grapple with the toll that takes on us mm-hmm. and, and make conscious decisions about it. Great. To some degree, there's no way around it. Um, if you're doing the work, yes. you're doing this work. Um, but we need to make conscious decisions about what are the pros and cons of the choices I'm making and be deliberate about those. Mm-hmm. 
those choices. Um, those I, have, I have one colleague here at Columbia who's like, I don't have boundaries. I'm going hard until I burn out. And that's how he's mm-hmm. approaching it. Right. He's very conscious yes, about exactly. that choice, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm like, I have a son. Mm-hmm. I want to be around. Mm-hmm. I want to like, yeah. live as long yeah. as I and can. That's what I tell right? people, I'm so, not a martyr. I'm not trying to be Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I need to get paid. That's why I got it. This is a business for me. Um, and yet I can't help you build a business. Um, I can't help it. We, I, I'm not inclusion and diversity specialist, but we, hell, we can't get to anything about building a business because you have nothing there. There's nothing. Inclusion and diversity is the problem. We're in an information knowledge economy and you have absolutely nothing that benefits you in that way because no, if you bring in a person of color, they don't feel safe. If you bring in a person from the LGBTQ community, they don't feel safe. So you're not benefiting from the information, the tacit knowledge because they're not sharing it. Because every time they open their damn mouth, you got something smart to say. So they're like, fuck it, I'm just going to sit here. Let the shit burn down. And you think my feeling safe or not is about me. Yes. Yes. Because you're not processing what's causing the lack of safety. And so and you just hit on something that I say often. White supremacy is the parasite that's now eating on its host. This is why so many white folks are in pain right now. They've never had, they've never experienced that. So by focusing on the most marginalized, by focusing and prioritizing the needs of the most vulnerable, everybody feels safe. White folks still just haven't gotten, they, they, again, just like we're, we're new to this, they're still new to this as well. And they don't yet see that they're not benefiting from white supremacy either. They're absolutely not. And the, again, that requires us and them making whiteness visible. Mm-hmm. Right. That race is not just something that happened to other people. Race happened to you, too. Yes. Constricts yes. you, too. You have appropriated yes. oppression yes. just like we have. And that's why I say blackness equals whiteness. I put it right up there. They are not separate. They're not separate. And this things. is what pisses me off with these this these current now that Kamala is, is out of the race, this current um, slate of. Of, of uh, candidates. I'm not voting for uh, a candidate who's not anti-racist. I'm just not doing it. Um, so y'all need to get yourself together, get these old motherfuckers out the way because they say some racist shit on the daily and everybody's like, oh, but uncle, but uncle, it's just it's, 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 and, and, and Sanders, and then, uh-uh, no. Mm-mm. And then when you hear Elizabeth Warren talk, they, t- they do what you just said. She can talk about policy. She can talk about all of this. It's in one bucket. Then she'll say something about, you know, blacks and blah, blah, in another bucket. They go together. Stop separating these damn buckets. They're the same thing. They're the same damn thing. So until we can call a thing a thing, until we can say that black women, no matter the education or the money they make, are, being, are dying in childbirth and their babies are dying in childbirth, is rooted in white supremacy and racism, I don't want to hear your healthcare plan. Because your healthcare plan is rooted in white supremacy. And it's certainly not acknowledging racism. So this is going to be interesting. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined and I'm, I'm, I'm letting white folks know this. Y'all, na- y'all ain't in enough pain yet. And this president, uh, don't be surprised, he gets another four years. Yeah, I'm not going to be. And, 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 and it's going to be unfortunate that black and brown people have to deal with that because the shit always rolls downhill. The caveat to that is we're used to it. We're going to do whatever we can because we're community to protect ourselves and to do our best to protect the most vulnerable in those communities because we're going to put a cover over them and we're going to do what we can. Four more years for white folks with this man? Y'all ain't going to lose gonna y'all goddamn make. mind. Y'all going to lose y'all damn mind because he is, he is the walking, talking, everything that has been since the, be- in, since the beginning of the first slave that came over here that folks have been hiding in the corner. He is the the embodiment of it. Girl, he is the P.T. Barnum of this shit. And he does not care. And that shit is going to start hitting y'all left and right. Um, And it's like, mm, okay. Oops. Told you you weren't in enough pain. When you're in enough pain, like you just said, it takes action. You're not, do- you're not acting. You're, you're, you're still... Um, I wrote a piece called The Five Stages of um, White Supremacy and the Five... Dismantling the White Supremacy and the Five Stages of Grief. Because I need y'all to get out of um, guilt and anger. Y'all know, y'all spending too much time now. Because that, that's still personal. It's, I, there you it's, go. it's still narcissistic. There you focused you on your feelings. Mm, 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 mm. I tell my students, I'm describing someone on the ground with a boot on their neck and you're focused on how you feel looking at someone on the ground with a boot on their neck rather mm. than dealing with the person who's on the ground and with they'll the say, boot on their they'll neck. Say, well, and, and then that whole, well, stop moving. What the, what? 
what? Oh, now I got to I got to change my behavior because the boots on my neck and you're speaking exactly to that. It's not it is still always. So someone recently uh, was telling me another person was talking about something and he was like, he doesn't like being um, he feels bad because he's he's no, he says um, he's less racist. I was like, there's no such thing. Um, I said, I need you not to use that, that language in the community because that's no such thing. Um, and he's like, yeah, I just don't like feeling that, um, I'm, you know, can be, um, you know, like he was talking about somebody in Florida that people see me as that. Okay. Get over that. Again, that's you, worried you, about, you worried about the stickers. So, and that's what I said. I was like, you care more about who cares a shit about what people look at. And this is why my default is the hard line. We ain't gonna have this discussion. You are now deal with it. And you get invested. It's kind of like the difference between people telling you pretty versus believing you pretty, right? You get invested in this external validation and then you do everything you need to do, no matter what it is, to keep getting that external validation. Oh, I need bigger boobs now. I need bigger lips. I need smaller lips now. I need bigger ass now. So you just keep adjusting. White liberals just keep, what do I got to say? What do I got to do? What language? They read this book and they go that way. They read that book and they go that way. It's on the train, right? Like, tell me I'm pretty. Tell yes. me I'm not racist because that's yes. really the only thing I'm invested yes. in. Not actually not yes. or being and so, that And so and I'm happy we're having this conversation because this is why my default is all whiteness is racist. And I'm not, and I'm just going to, and I put it at that high level, all whiteness is racist by design, can't be trusted by default because it always gets the benefit of the doubt and I'm not doing that shit unless it's demonstrating consistent anti-racist behavior, which means I've added in there there's some action you can take. <laughs> and racism is not individual. Yes. It is, right? But the, the, the scope of racism is so much broader and so much complicated, so much more complicated than that. Yes. And I say, even if we did fix you, <laughs> no, we can't. No, no. Exactly. And yes, you're racist and white. Don't attach goodness to whiteness because that's problematic, right? Yes. But even if we did do that, even if that were possible, which it is not, and how do we undo legacies and oppressions? How do we change systems and policies? Like, it's not possible. If Let's I, stop talking apples and oranges. We're talking oranges and the, yes. Yeah, the, the hierarchy of needs, the things that we should be thinking about are not you and whether your score on a bias scale and your feelings. Oh my God. Whether Damn. you are five races or two races. <laughs> What does that do for anybody? Yes. You want a little bit racist. What the hell is a little bit racist? Anybody on scale? Just because you don't go to meetings, just because you don't go to meetings and put on hoods. I would never go to a meeting. And that's the thing. <laughs> they th- and this is and this is a conversation I've had to have with them. Y'all want to sit up back and act like swastikas and, and hoods are the only thing. So I will point out what is race? I'll do in a minute. This is what white supremacy looked like based on some stuff I've seen. This is what white, because I need them to see, see beyond it. this. Mm-hmm. But I also need you to understand a mega hat to me is the same as a swastika. I'm not, I, you are unsafe it's, to it me. It's the same thing. I'm, I don't care if that's what your community, you just trying to get along with your community. Again, like you said, am I pretty? You trying to do whatever you can to, to fit in with your community. You come around me, you need to get the hell away from me because and I, I say this often, one to two degrees away from you, your friend could cause me intentional harm. I'm not playing that game. And I said this, I said this in the, the same meeting where I walked out and I said, I'm not dealing with you so and so. I told him, I said, I grew up in Oklahoma. I went to college at the University of Virginia. And I said, I've experienced more racial trauma in this space than either of those two places. And they were mm. just taken aback. They couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. We're not KKK. We're not hoods and meetings. Mm-hmm. That's Oklahoma, Virginia, brother. Mm-mm, what what mm-mm. could we possibly be doing that's so bad? And just I I didn't unpack this. That's one of the things I didn't get to unpack. But now that they have to sit with that. Mm-hmm. Why is this such a trauma- racially traumatic? Hell, King told them that shit. The hell in the South, we know what this shit look like. We know what it Up is. North. Oh Lord. It's real it's it's civil racism. We know exactly Girl, what thank it you. is. They got it on their trucks. <laughs> they got them flags on their we, we they flat we got this. It's the ones that's hiding and want to be your friend. And the first thing you say something or they say something, you sitting you at the job and they done threw you on the bus and you sitting there like, what the hell? What what the hell, what the hell just happened? Because I done told two men in my my young baby, my friend. I'm telling you, can you can you can. I need you to play nice, 
Because what you're going to see is very soon, Becky going to start advancing and you got more than her and you're gonna under, not going to understand why. Or Becky going to start them tears and you and, and the next thing you know, you're going to be villainized. You need to, I need she'll, you to she'll be, she'll be char- in charge of diversity, yes. equity, yeah. and inclusion. Hey, so, the oh, girl, oh, girl, shut up. <laughs> Let me tell you, this, this somebody, somebody sent me on LinkedIn. This is why I think LinkedIn is worthless. They sent me on LinkedIn. I, I, they weren't even a, 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 a connection. And they sent me a message saying, hey, I just want to reach out. I have a, and they're at some hiring company. Um, I asked one of my coworkers who would they want to meet. And they, um, and they said they wanted to meet you. Um, she's, um, div- you know, diversity, inclusion, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and is it possible for, uh, I know this is weird, but I would love to introduce y'all and, and, and send y'all a lunch. And I said, uh, my one sentence response was, thank you for reaching out. And yes, I'd love to do this once you pay my $500 hour uh, consulting fee. If you want to pick my brain. And then I screenshot that and brought that over to Twitter. And folks went and asked, because I didn't even look up who, because the person's name was in the thing. Becky, girl, she in her 20s. What the hell is she doing with it? What work have you possibly done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think I'm about to, you about to get free consulting from me over lunch? And I'm about to, you're about to pick my brain over lunch. Are you out your mind? I just, I just had a meeting with somebody else and I'm, I'm getting better at this and saying it in the moments when people's like, I would love to have you join us and talk about blah, blah, blah. And in a meeting just recently, and I said, you know, I've become, it's become clear to me that people like to, you know, pick my brain and use my expertise without actually paying me or crediting me. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you want to have a, you know, concrete conversation about how to proceed with that, you know, we can, we can do that, but me just sitting down and you want, no, Mm-mm, no girl. And, and people keep saying, did he come back? I was like, I knew that. Like, hell, he wasn't coming that? back because, because if he was interested in paying me, he would have said, Hey, how much is, this, is your time to sit down with her for an hour? That's where he would have started with all this. Um, so no, I knew he wasn't, but this is how I get my, I know my clients are going to do the work, even though it's hard and they get frustrated and I, and I go off on them because I put them through so much shit before we even get because I'm not you're not wasting my time. I start with an email asking questions. Once they answer those questions, then I go to a, a survey that they got to answer questions. And then once that survey is complete, then you got to pay my invoice. And then once that invoice is complete to get the appointment to schedule on my clock, I got to give you some more homework because by the time we get to this meeting, you gonna have there's so so much going on. Right. You have had to thought. You have had to think deeply about some of this, this stuff. I don't need you coming to again having kindergarten. So now I understand that as when they hire me, there's some things, some languaging we need to talk about. But I need you to examine your space. I need to do all you to do some of that before we even get started. And uh, otherwise, I'm not the one to invite, right? And so I think that's that's been a bit of most most of the things I get hired for, consulted for, brought in for are based on talks that I've given. And given how I present my work and my ideas, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. already know who I am coming Thank in the you. door. So don't, Folks, don't I, me people the expect me to cause a scene when I walk in the door. So that's that's just it. I'm not here to tap dance. I'm not here to sugarcoat this for you. We don't have time for this. Whether you're you, either you're really interested in doing the work or not. And I'm going to call you out when you make a mistake and we're going to work through it together. And let's work through mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, I'm not your token. I'm not, oh, I'm not your box Mm-mm. that you're going to check. Mm-mm. I am not. Yes, I am not. So I've, pre- yeah, I've perfected this. I've, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> I love mm, the, no. the, the, the stages of introductions to him. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, yeah. I, and I tell people, I, I just like, mm, I need y'all to understand. It's so, I'll, so it's so funny because when I speak at conferences, it's inevitable. I'll say eight out of 10 times, somebody in the audience will, will, um, will report me for code of conduct. <laughs> and when they ask them why, well, I don't think this is in, it was appropriate for this or it was, um, or, or basically it's made them uncomfortable. And, and, I, and I sit back and I think these are, these people who are working in the field, do you not think, do you think I just walked in off the street? Do you not think that these people paid me, flew me over to, here, to talk to my accommodations and they didn't know what the hell they was, I was going to talk about? Did you, is, that what, is that what you thought? 
Probably because they underestimate. But and also my third slide, my first slide is the name of the talk. My second slide is, hey, here's my social follow me, you know, tweet, whatever. My third slide is a content warning. I am here to make white folks uncomfortable. I done told you up front. I have a picture of a I have a picture of a, a KKK member on one big slide. <laughs> and I'm like, just because you don't go to a meetings does not mean you're not racist. Ooh, girl, girl. So now let's unpack what racism actually is. <laughs> Next slide. <laughs> <laughs> and then one time I had a um I got two more examples. The one time I uh his watching uh Beyonce Homecoming uh-huh over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until oh, then got, I, so you got I was real. <laughs> you was feeling yourself. <laughs> so I had my first slide was Beyonce, and I was like, I just want to give you some context that I'm in a very particular mood. And it was Beyonce, <laughs> it was the first slide. This, this is on campus at Columbia. <laughs> Right. And another one I got because our, our VRPs targets white liberals. And I'm very explicit about this. And then, you know, some of the questions, aren't you preaching to the choir? Da, 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 da. So then I started putting a picture of an all white choir. One big slide. <laughs> like, hello. Yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Woo! Oh, my God. On that note, what would you like to end this conversation with? <laughs> I would like to end the conversation with, you know, being our uh, authentic, open, honest selves as much as possible, because that is Black women doing that in particular is what's going to move us forward. Girl, I say this uh, uh, almost on a daily basis. Black women are the moral compass of this country. Canaries in the coal mine. Mm. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> and you have a wonderful day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Call to Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call to Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.